Wow, it's hard to believe that we're doing the 2021 year-end wrap-up. Where did the year go, Anna Marie? Nobody knows where the year has went, Santa. It's just unbelievable. And we had so many things happen this past year. Uh, for example, we lost a lot of celebrities, you know, people very dear to us um, in terms of their contributions, you know, to the world and to ourselves, you know, as fans. Um, and we also saw, you know, a venue, you know, closed down that, again, is so important in traditional country music. Um, and we did see a lot of little cute babies who are the future of country music that were born this year which is that's always awesome and several people did tie the knot several people did walk down the aisle you know um and we also heard some incredible music uh, so you know the the year um you know was kind of a, a mixed bag you know there was some you know, I, I can't remember where I heard this. It's like some ye olden a radio show that said it was the best of times and the worst of times. <laughs> so, um, gosh, just when we uh, started putting this together, we got some news of, you know, a cherished icon that passed on. Betty White, the icon, dead at 99 years old, only a few weeks before her 100th birthday. Oh my gosh, that's just unbelievable. Absolutely horrible. Yeah, she was going to celebrate her 100th birthday on January 17th. Yep. Oh my gosh. You know, that's just unbelievable. It really is. Uh, she, I remember her from the Golden Girls. I'm sure that she had been in like several, you know, shows and movies and everything. But, you know, I grew up watching the reruns of Golden Girls, and that was just such an iconic series. All the characters were good, like Blanche was awesome. Uh, the little lady, you know, she was cool. I can't remember her name now. Sophia. Sophia, Sophia was awesome. B. Author was also, you know, very cool. I mean, there were just a lot of awesome characters. Uh, but, you know, Betty White will always be from St. Olaf. <laughs> I remember her you know she was from St. Olaf you know she was like really um you know probably one of the most uh optimistic people you know in the show I mean she's just amazing um and then you know uh, there was a lot of action on the billboard charts this past year and actually Morgan Wallen ended up with the best-selling album of 2021 in any genre so that is kind of amazing especially with you know all the controversy uh, swirling with him right now um, the album is dangerous it's a double album and it sold you know over three million copies and it surpassed even Drake and all the mainstream artists that are out there and Luke Holmes um, was at a distant number seven uh, for having the best-selling album of the year and even more surprising than that was Chris Stapleton at 32 with starting over so kind of a lot of interesting action um, on the charts um, and then we also saw a cherished venue that really upheld you know, one of our icons in traditional country music. The Jones Museum closed on December 13th. After yeah. two years having to deal with issues with... All kinds of things. 
This is a very expensive a venue. They, I think they had like a rooftop restaurant. Um, I know James Carruthers was doing the live music there, his band. We interviewed him like, uh, you know, a year and a half ago or something. And so there was, um, you know, it, it was just an amazing place. I mean, George Jones, one of the foundational pillars of traditional country music. Now, is this going to be the end? Is there not going to be a George Jones Museum ever again? In its farewell coast, the museum released a statement claiming that the museum and all its contents are being handled with care. There will be more to come on where this exhibit will end next. Oh, okay, so there is hope. But there, you know, all the news uh, pertaining to George Jones wasn't bad, right? Yes. Today, Jessica Chastain, the actress who will be depicting Tammy in the upcoming George and Tammy, a Spectrum original limited series centering on Tammy and George's romance, released the first look for it on her Twitter account. And it's looking good. Oh, that's fantastic. I can't wait to see it. So I know that's based on Georgette Jones' book, on her recollection of being with, you know, her super, super famous parents. But she was just a mere child, so I'm wondering what the perspective is going to be. So I'm really eager to like watch the entire series, but she was a mere child. Even when they divorced, she was still a child. So I'm wondering, um, you know, the perspective, if it's going to amply uh, kind of reflect uh, Georgette's perspective as a child, or you know, is it going to bring in kind of uh, the perception of, you know, other people that were involved in their lives? So, you know, we're, we're going to find out. And so, you know, and of course, George Jones was from Texas, like many good things, especially when it comes to music. Um, and so Texas was hit really hard this past year. One of the most unfortunate events that happened this year in Texas was the severe weather in February. 210 people died due to exposure to sub-zero weather. Oh my gosh, that's just so heartbreaking. It really is. Uh, but fortunately, there were several benefits to help our friends, you know, in the Longhorn State. One of the benefits, uh, you know, really gained a lot of exposure because of, you know, some of the people involved. So Matthew McConaughey, who is a native Texan, he, you know, Hollywood uh, superstar, he actually put together a benefit for his home state. And that actually took place on March 21st, 2021. And there were a lot of impressive performances, not just by country artists, but also by mainstream artists. So you had, you know, Khalid was there and Kelly Clarkson. And of course, Miranda was on hand, you know, representing, uh, you know, country musicville, as was Willie. But there was also Post Malone, Post Malone. And actually, he became textified <laughs> for that event. He actually uh, did a, a cover of Brad Paisley's Stone Cold I'm Gonna Miss Her. And we actually have a snippet. I would have to choose 
arrangement for that song is very traditional country i mean it it really is um i don't know what what do you think <laughs> ideally i would like this but i find something annoying about this oh go on <laughs> i don't you know i would not be upset if post Malone, i think he could do a full country album if he wanted to i i really do i i think he did a pretty decent job and i think that he sounds better than a lot of uh, the people that i've heard on country radio of late so i you know and the fact that he put a steel guitar in there i'm a sucker for a steel guitar now i'll tell you that right now and so the fact that he did that i hey post malone i give you two thumbs up and you know hey if you want to put together a country album go for it you know i i think that you probably from what i heard this one song do a much better job than some of the things I've heard out there, to be honest, you know. Uh, so it, it took Texas to bring out the uh, Texan in Post Malone. <laughs> a lot of great music in the Longhorn State. Speaking of Texas, the Texas Country Music Association crowned some of the arts that we've played on our radio show. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, there's just so much good music that comes out of Texas. So Aaron Watson was crowned Entertainer of the Year. So very coveted. That's like the most coveted, I think, award in almost any award show. You want it. That's like you are the king of the castle. Um, and so Aaron, I will tell you, um, early on his music was more traditional country leaning. And then um, it became progressively more, you know, poppy. And then this last album, American Soul, it's like a microcosm of like all the different country music styles that he's done in the past. And it all just fits like a Rubik's Cube, just so good in this past album. And even the quality of the songwriting on the album also. Um, and I believe that he recorded it during the pandemic, at least part of it. I had read a story that he did some of the vocals um, at his, you know, in his wife's closet or something like that. So that's pretty awesome. And I, I, the album is just very good. And I, I really enjoyed it, as did a lot of our listeners. And then also Male Artist of the Year, Darren Morris. Uh, no surprise there. Darren Morris has put out some amazing music. Uh, this past year as well and so he also both of them uh, 
Aaron and Darren uh, made it onto our best of year-end list. Clay Hollis nabbed the award for emerging artist. That's awesome. And Aaron Watson again won the Country Album of the Year for American Soul. Country Single of the Year was also won by Darren Morris. Uh, da again, single I will. Yeah, yeah, he's I mean just amazing. And he has a new song on Texas radio. I think it's called Jesus and You, and he's singing with Holly Tucker, and it's just such a great, great song. I love that there's a song like that on uh, mainstream, you know, Texas radio. I mean, mainstream Texas country radio. Um, so, you know, and when I, when I say mainstream, I mean, you know, it's, um, you know, Texas country radio and not, you know, contemporary Christian, which is still awesome, or inspirational country, which is awesome, which I actually listen to uh, quite a bit of. So I think that song's going to do well for him. And then speaking of, you know, kind of more faith-based uh, type music, so Christian Country Songwriter of the Year went to Jacob Bryant for Sometimes I Pray. And I was trying to see if, it, if that's Jacob D. Bryant. I, I'm not sure. I don't know. So I'm, you know, going to find out, but that's awesome. And then also the uh, Texas Regional Radio Report Awards will be happening in March. So the Texas Country Music Association Awards were the award show that we just talked about where we had a lot of the winners are, you know, artists that we play on our show and that made it to our best of a list but the uh, Texas Regional Radio Report also has an award show and that's happening from March 27th to the 28th in Arlington so and not Arlington Virginia Arlington Texas so if you can make it you know go ahead and buy your tickets I'm sure it'll be a fun time and so the Grammys also uh, another award show that um, we, we look at, you know, especially when it comes to country music, because uh, it's kind of the, I think it's the coup de tat, you know, of music awards, you know. Um, you know, of course, country music, we look at the CMAs and ACM, but the Grammys is probably uh, the very top of the line that you could aspire to as an artist. Vince Gill won the best soul country performance for When My Amy Prays. Yeah, and Amy Grant, of course, is his wife. Um, I remember, like, you know, hearing El Shaddai, you know, at church, and then, you know, finding out much later that, you know, this Amy Grant, you know, sang this song, and uh, she had one level find a way. She was just a huge contemporary Christian artist, and I, the church, I, <laughs> the church that I grew up in was like, you know, very uh, strict. And um, the fact that she wore like jeans, you know, um, on stage was like a big no-no, <laughs> which is like unbelievable now, right? I mean, who doesn't wear jeans? But yeah, she was like, oh, you know, she's wearing jeans. <laughs> it's just unbelievable. And then uh, Miranda did very well with her last album, Wild Card. Um, and that uh, did receive the best country album of the year at the Grammys. And then John Prine, um, of course, posthumously won the best American Roots performance with I Remember Everything. Billy Strings nabbed the award for best bluegrass album for home. Wow. Yeah, Billy Strings, also someone who made it to our best of year end 
list. Um, lots of traction with him, especially uh, the song he did with Luke Combs actually was the one that made it to one of our lists, which was uh, The Great Divide. Really poignant song and very timely. And um, I love the, co the collaboration between them. And then there were a lot of marriages. So we had a lot of people tying the knot, you know, you know, in spite of COVID or maybe because of COVID, who knows, I don't know. But uh, Jimmy Allen, Jimmy Allen married his longtime girlfriend. Uh, Blake Shelton and Gwen Stefani finally, finally, finally walked down the aisle and they both looked just so good. And Jameson Rogers, who actually, you know, has had, you know, a couple of really good songs just in the last year or two. Uh, he's a good friend of Luke Holmes and he also tied the knot. And Britt Taylor, Britt Taylor, uh, who actually she made it in uh, one of our uh, best, uh, you know, best of year list, I guess, for one of the best singles of the year, which was At Least There's No Babies. And she did that with uh, Alabama's own D.Y. D.Y. who has an amazing style about him as it is. So she tied the knot with one of her, I think he's one, he's a band's member. His name is Adam Chafings. Jenny Carmichael had also married his longtime girlfriend, Shayla. And Travis Denning and Madison Montgomery also typed Well, and that's funny. So it's all in the family there because Madison Montgomery is Dylan Carmichael's cousin. <laughs> so there it is. They're keeping that, you know, that country music legacy, you know, within the family. And there were also lots of babies. Lots of babies were born this year. Mickey Guyton and Grant Savoy welcomed their precious, adorable oh, baby. Grace and Clark. February 8th. Yeah, he's so adorable. Oh my gosh, he's so, this kid is just so adorable. I mean, oh my gosh. And then Clay Walker and his wife Jessica had their seventh child and fourth son. Oh my gosh. He was born on January 5th in Houston, Texas, and his name is Christian Michael Walker. That's a beautiful name. And then, of course, Evan Felker and his wife also welcomed Evangelina Hartford Felker on March 9th, and she's adorable. I mean, all these kids are just so precious and adorable. John Carter Cash and Anna Christina Cash also welcomed, I believe, their second child. Um, and that child was James Christopher on July 16th. So hey, hey, hey. And Anna's actually originally from Florida, from what I understand. And also Granger Smith and Amber also welcomed their fourth child, Maverick Beckham Smith. He was born August 20th. And you know, it's especially kind of heartfelt because of course, Granger and Amber lost their three-year-old son, River, uh, to a drowning accident. And oh my gosh, it's just a horrible, horrible situation. But so happy that they've been blessed with, you know, another child. And then Midland's Mark Weistrack and his wife, Ty Haney, had their second child, a baby boy named, well, he, he's nicknamed Champy. And that was on December 5th. So that's pretty awesome. Because it can all be glory. <laughs> no, not because you're really. This is country music after all. Yes, we it is. We did have a couple of losses. Yes, yes, we certainly did. Um, one of the losses that actually comes to mind 
is one against Jake Owens. So Alexander Cardinal and Morgan Reed filed a lawsuit in Nashville alleging that Owens' number one hit, Made For You, uh, had lifted portions of its lyrics and structure from their song of the same name. Oh my God, it's the same name, really? <laughs> so Cardinal's song was released back in 2014 and they're asking for a jury trial. Well, let's listen to both of the songs here. Water towers are made for hearts and names Friday nights are made for football games Falling leaves are made for falling in Front porch steps are made for good night kissing And I was made for you Never did believe in what I couldn't see. Long before I knew, darling, I was made for you. Took a train downtown, gave us time to talk about the things that we could do, darling. I to see the results of the jury trial or you know i can i don't know i think this will probably settle out of court or something <laughs> you know very interesting very interesting and then you know on uh, talking about lawsuits so tyler pride you know 41 police officer in tyler texas filed a suit in dallas county's probate court now most of us know probate court is you know, when, uh, you know, someone dies, leaves an estate, you know, then things, you know, sometimes go uh, through the probate court system. So, um, you know, he contested the will of his biological father. His biological father, y'all, was Charlie Pride, who was married for 64 years to Rosine Pride, and they had four kids. Tyler was 13, okay, Tyler was 13, when a Texas court used the results of a DNA test to decree that Charlie Pride was indeed his biological father. So he went from being, uh, you know, named Tyler Times to Tyler Times Pride. And the court, according to records uh, obtained, you know, by the news media, ordered that the boys name be changed to surname and it was and so there you go and so that happened and wow you know wow 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 and you know i this doesn't you know i've heard so many people uh you know opine on this this doesn't in any way i think uh taint or tarnish charlie pride's legacy charlie pride accomplished what he accomplished uh and this you know substantial you know uh accomplishments uh, within his career and you know his artistry is you know cannot be denied so I mean people do this you don't have to be a star to, to like have it out of what like hey you know 
just like all the stuff I've heard swirling around about this. Uh, okay, so, you know, <laughs> he did this. All right, you know. So he didn't walk on water. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Most, I mean, good Lord, let, let's not. I mean, if that's the worst that Charlie Pry did, and then Charlie Pry supported the kid uh, too. He, all throughout his life, from what I understand, he paid child support and everything. I think it's like $4,000 a month or something. So, I mean, y'all, let's, you know, keep things like in its proper perspective, right? I mean, if that's the worst he did, that's not, too bad. I mean, we have country stars that have, you know, full on killed somebody, <laughs> you know, shot someone in the head and, you know, done all kinds of things. I mean, come on, y'all. You know, let's keep things in perspective here. And then another unfortunate lawsuit was uh, came by the way of Dwight Yoakam, who had to sue his label, the Warner Music Group, for copyright infringement, fortunate. But, you know, that's what happens sometimes, you know. And, oh my gosh, but that lawsuit is not as bad as this next one. Eric Clapton sued a poor woman in Germany for attempting to sell bootleg CD of a 1980s Clapton concert up for sale on eBay. Oh my gosh, I just like, I can't believe it. The woman had been ordered to pay approximately like $4,000, uh, right? After a judge ruled that she had infringed on Clapton's copyright by trying to sell the more than 30-year-old CD, which her late husband had purchased at a department store. So the illicit disc was removed from the site after a day and was not actually sold. And he sued her. I mean, really? Really? Like, he has the, I'm sorry, but this guy has to be like the biggest jerk ever. I mean, I'm so sorry. And I like his, like, I like Lay Down Sally and all this. But, you know, really, dude? Really? I mean, how much money was this woman going to make off of this CD? I understand it's the principle of the thing. You know, I do understand. Don't you think that's a bit over the top, really? Uh, I don't know. Yeah, that's, but I did hear that he was... Uh, I don't know, I'm sure that he was shamed for this. And he was like, you know, he actually came out and said that, you know, he had no intentions of collecting on, you know, the uh, lawsuit, the uh, judgment, and that he actually felt bad about, you know, filing a lawsuit against her. So, you know, they say hindsight is 2020. What can you say, right? <laughs> you know, but these court proceedings can take a long time as witness with this next, uh, you know, thing that happened uh, this past year. Though Sam Hunt was arrested in 2019 and charged with drug hammering influence and violating open container law, an arrest warrant said officers found Hunt swerving between lanes and pulled him over. Mm -hmm. On August 18, 2021, he finally pleaded guilty under his plea agreement. His jail sentence of 11 months and 29 days was suspended except for 48 hours, which he agreed to serve at the DUI Education Center. He must also complete an alcohol safety course and will lose his license for a year. Oh, you know, and but did you see his picture? I mean, talk about a happy looking drunk. <laughs> I was serious when they, you know, carted him in. He just looked like he didn't have a care in the world. But you know, all kidding aside, I'm happy he and others were not hurt as that is always the risk that anyone takes when they get behind the wheel after a few drinks. Just don't do it. You know, just don't do it. And good gosh, talking about someone that maybe, you know, doesn't need a, a couple of drinks in him. Tim McGraw. 
Tim McGraw stopped a recent concert just, you know, this past year uh, to confront a fan who was heckling him for forgetting his own song lyrics. I, I don't know, maybe Tim McGraw had a couple before the day, who knows? But, the, you know, he basically uh, was performing the song Just to See You Smile, which is a huge hit of his, in Reno, Nevada, um, and that was on uh, October, like October the 9th, when a crowd member made, you know, their frustrations known, you know? So, Tim goes, you got a problem with me? <laughs> then, he climbed off the stage and into the crowd. And the situation escalated slightly from there with McGraw acting like he wanted to hop another barrier separating the fan uh, from the stage, him and the fan on the stage. And then the security arrived to help de-escalate the situation with someone putting a hand on McGraw's chest to hold him back. And eventually, he walked a long path out around and up to the stage where he resumed singing Where the Green Grass Goes. So there it is. <laughs> so he's got, he's got a temper, temper, temper. I don't know. In other news, in our Good Guys segment, country star Luke Combs paid for the funerals of three men who died at a music festival in Michigan. Dawson Brown, Cole Sova, and William Mays all died from carbon monoxide exposure inside a travel trailer at the campground near Foster Horses Festival held at the Michigan Yeah, that's that's a, a you know, pretty nice ice festival and very popular and that's so unfortunate, you know, when something like that happens, you know, but you know, again, Luke Holmes, you know, being the nice guy that he is, stepped up to the plate and took care of you know the expenses for the funeral and he gets two thumbs up you know for that and then um in terms of trends in traditional country music um you know there was a there was a lot happening there was absolutely a lot happening so so drake milligan that should be a name that's kind of kind of familiar to y'all who most of us will know as the actor and singer who portrayed Elvis Presley in the 2017 CMT show Sun Records, um, he got signed by Broken Bow Records and his music is decidedly more traditional. It's kind of more in that honky-tonk style. So, you know, good indicator uh, in terms of, you know, traditional country uh, taking a turn towards becoming popular again. So that's good. And then Jake Worthington, um, also, who most people know from being like the, uh, I think he was like the first runner up in season six of The uh, Voice, if I'm not mistaken. He got signed to Big Loud in Nashville, and Jake Worthington absolutely uh, is more, uh, I would say he definitely has traditional country. I don't know um, his new stuff, you know, the new stuff that's going to come out that I haven't heard, but the stuff that I have heard you know, definitely more traditional country uh, leaning. Um, and I would probably put him in there like with uh, Cody Johnson, Kojo. They, I think there are a lot of similarities there. Uh, and you know, he's, he's had like, I don't know, eight million on-demand streams. You know, that's Jake Worthington. But, um, and those are all good indicators for traditional country. So I see kind of a trend, um, but, one of the biggest indicators of traditional country coming back is Alan Jackson's last release, Where Have You Gone? And the title track for, you know, 
That title track for Jackson's 2021 album of, you know, the same name. Um, so that track is just amazing. He has a video with Patsy Cline and Hank Williams. I mean, if you guys haven't caught the video, oh my gosh, you need to. It's just very impressive. It's done in black and white, um, very, you know, high drama. And uh, he really is kind of doing the tip of the hat to those that came before. And it's just, I mean, I was literally crying when I saw the video. I was just like, oh my gosh, this is so funny. You know how I'm a sappy. <laughs> I was like, this is so beautiful. But um, the album, though, itself, again, that is uh, titled the same, you know, Where Have You Gone? Um, the album basically hit number one like across the world. I am not kidding about that. So it was like the um, number one album on the country charts. Um, so it debuted like number one. It was also became, uh, you know, number one uh, album in the UK. Canada and Australia so oh my gosh and it also um thing was like number 15 you know in the all genre billboard top 200 I think uh no actually I'm wrong it was top 10 in the all genre uh, billboard top 100 so and that was the 15th top 10 uh, that he's had in the all-genre billboard uh, chart. So there it is, and that is a strong indication that traditional country music is not going anywhere, y'all. It is here to stay, y'all. And, um, and there's still a lot of people that want to hear it because if there was not, the album would not have done so well. Uh, but unfortunately for fans in New York City, in Manhattan, they lost the only station they had in Manhattan that played country music. And there it is. It was 94.7. It was first called like Nash 94, I believe. And that had been country since 2013. And Manhattan had not had a country station in I don't know how long. Uh, so that's gone. They're doing like a throwback, uh, you know, hits thing. Um, and but, but, but the fans can still listen to you know the original you know country programming online so that's going to be available to them but also if you're in the burbs you can still listen to wkmk fm which is thunder 106 for you know good old-fashioned country well i don't know what kind of country music they play but they are in the burbs and the suburbs of new york and so there's so there's still really a country uh radio it's just not in manhattan and so there it is and this past year we not only saw the death of you know established country stations but we saw the deaths of you know some very prominent artists artists that really have contributed to traditional country music one of those artists was jamie o'hara jamie o'hara you guys will remember was part of the okanes he was one half of the okanes they had a really nice hit with old darling um, and then Jamie O'Hara also actually wrote uh, Grandpa, Tell Me About the Good Old Days uh, by the Judds. That was such a big, big hit, y'all. So he um, 
lost his bout with cancer. One of the my favorite songs of uh, Jamie's was a song that actually George Jones covered, and it was called it was called I was, almost gave away the title, "The Cold Hard Truth." And let's hear that song right now. don't know who I am, but I know all about you. I've come to talk to you tonight about the things I've seen you do. I've come to set the record I've come to shine the light on you Let me introduce myself I am the cold heart truth There is a woman we both know I think you know the one I mean Gave her heart and soul to you You gave her only broken dreams You say you're not the one to blame For all the heartache she's been through I say you're nothing but a lie I'm the cold heart truth All your life that's how it's been Looking out for number one Taking more than you give Moving on when you're done with her you could have had it all A family love to last If you had any sense at all You'd go and beg her to come back That you're a real man But you're nothing but a fool The way you run away from love The way you try to play it cool I'm gonna say this just one Time is running out on you You best remember me, my friend I am a cold heart You best
Ed Bruce, what was one of his top songs? You're the best break this old heart ever had. He died at age 81. In addition to his musical accomplishments, Ed Bruce co-starred with James Garner in the early 80s TV series Maverick. Yeah, his I'm wife would die only a few months later. She actually died on May 16, 2021. And like you said, she did co-write Mamas Don't Let Your Babies Grow Up to Be Cowboys which is, you know, obviously a very iconic song. And then Jason Rowdy Cope, who is a co-founder of the Steelwoods, um, you know, he also passed on January 16, 2021. James White, also June 24, 2021. Y'all might not recognize his name, but he was the legendary owner of The Broken Spoke, which is a iconic Austin, Texas dance hall that really an amazing venue that has really given the start to a lot of, you know, amazing artists. And then Jim Weatherly uh, also passed on February 3rd. Uh, and you might not remember him as well, but one of the biggest hits ever was uh, Midnight Train to Georgia. Well, he wrote that song, y'all. He wrote that song. Um, and then Richie Albright, and many of you will recognize that name instantly, he passed on February 6th. Um, obviously, he was with Waylon like forever, 50 years, and he was his right-hand man, um, his drummer, and um, he, you know, unfortunately passed on as well. And then JT Gray, uh, who owned the uh, Station Inn, uh, very influential bluegrass and roots music venue in Nashville parted with us on March 20th. And Taylor D, that was probably one of the most tragic passings. Taylor D, um, also from Texas, um, gosh, up and comer. You know, um, I used to, you know, receive messages from her uh, via Twitter, uh, you know, message, you know, whenever she had a new single out. She's just a, a lovely, lovely person. Um, and she passed on just a tragic, um, you know, car pileup, I should say, um, in the interstate. And, um, you know, she just didn't make it. And that was in March uh, 23rd of last year. And then Dwayne Blackwell also wrote David Frizzell's I'm Gonna Hire a Wino. And then Garth Brooks' Friends in Low Places, which is probably the most iconic, you know, Garth Brooks song ever, right? Uh, Dwayne Blackwell. He parted uh, May 23rd of 2021. And then BJ Thomas as well on May 29th. BJ Thomas is just such a legendary. I'll always remember because of the uh, Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid. Uh, I, the song Raindrops Keep Falling on My Head. I'll always remember it because of that. And I saw that movie so many times. Those reruns were like, you know, uh, Sunday, you know, afternoon after church, you know, one of those movies was always playing. And then Razzie Bailey uh, also, you know, had like five number one hits, passed on on August the 4th. Tom T. Hall, oh my gosh, you know, 
the storyteller also you know um, passed on August 20th and if you guys aren't familiar with his writing uh, he was a also an author he has a, a lot of books out there you can get them through Kindle um, he was just amazing uh, he had so many uh, good songs and um, you know I don't know I, I think um, there's there's a couple of songs that really stand out for me in terms of Tom T. Hall but I think Old Dogs, Children, and Watermelon Wine is probably one of my all-time favorite uh, Tom T. songs. And then also, um, I'm, I'm Not Ready Yet, you know, which was a song that George Jones covered. Um, yeah, such a, a huge loss. And then Don Everly, the last surviving uh, Everly brother, uh, passed on August 21st. And his mom passed on just this past December, she was like 102 years of age, which is unbelievable, y'all. Uh, and that must be really sad to be a parent and like, you know, have to bury your children. That that just has to be the most devastating thing um, ever. Uh, Bill Emerson, uh, who is, you know, famed bluegrass uh, banjo player, uh, used to play with a country gentleman, uh, also died. Um, August 21st and as did Don Maddox from the Maddox uh, brothers and Rose. Uh, Don Maddox was just uh, one of those uh, foundational bands out of the Bakersfield area you know the Maddox brothers and Rose and actually I even read some things like you know Merle Haggard and even Lefty and other people were you know very influenced by their kind of their stage personas their stage presence you know they were kind of you know over the top and you know flashy costumes and things like that so that's always awesome you know when you hear that that some of the pillars were influenced by uh, you know some of the other stars that were regional you know because uh, the Maddox Brothers and Rose never really kind of uh, you know had a huge hit on the charts but they were uh, definitely fan favorites um, in California and then Sonny Osborne, Sonny Osborne, who was a banjo innovator. He played briefly with Bill Monroe, but I think most people would probably know him um, as part of the Osborne brothers. You know, he played with his brother Bobby. He passed on as well. And then Rose Lee Mathis, another uh, iconic, you know, foundational artist. Her and her husband played together. They they wrote. Uh, what is it? Uh, dim lights, thick smoke, and loud, loud music. And he, I believe it was it was her husband who played that double neck guitar, which is like unheard of. Joe Mathis, you know, this big double neck guitar, you know. Well, she passed on. She's definitely uh, like the Maddox brothers and Rose. Rosalie Mathis uh, was kind of one of those uh, regional. Uh, iconic figures in the Bakersfield area. Ba the Bakersfield was like the place to be, you know, um, absolutely, especially in the 60s and stuff. So uh, she passed on, and uh, Chuck Morpurgo. So he, um, a lot of y'all might know that name. He was just an amazing, uh, he actually um, did work with uh, Dallas, Dallas Moore, for I don't know how many years. I mean, was, they were together like for, I don't know, how many years but he was just he had this unique kind of 
a finger picking style. I sat in on uh, one of their live streams during, you know, like the beginning of COVID. And I was just awestruck by this guy. He was just, you know, uh, so amazing. Um, and it, he's, you know, definitely a loss uh, to music. Uh, Chuck Morpurgo. And he was really known as Chucky, you know. And Chucky will live on forever, right? Just an amazing uh, guitar player. And then, of course, um, Stonewall Jackson, you know, he was, I believe, the longest surviving, uh, you know, member of the Grand Opry, I think, or what, I, I, well, I can say with a certain level of certainty that he was one of the uh, longest, uh, you know, members of the, uh, you know, Grand Ole Opry, and he was like 89 when he passed on. Stonewall Jackson is a very interesting story, y'all, so... Uh, a little bit of controversy because you know that's, that's the way it is in <laughs> country music. Um, so he actually joined the Grand Ole Opry in 1956, if I could just speak, y'all. And he was actually the first member to be welcomed without becoming uh, like a recording artist. He did not have a record label, did not have a recording contract. And of course, the recording contract, you know, came like, you know, a year or two later. Uh, so that was kind of like a first, and I don't know if that's happened since. Um, so he became a member of the Grand Ole Opry. He became a group member. And then in 2006, he sued the Grand Ole Opry for about $10 million in compensatory damages and, you know, $10 million in punitive damages. So this is what happened. So he claimed age discrimination. And as a member of the Opry for over 50 years, he believed that management was sidelining him in preference of, you know, having younger artists on. So in his court filing, he claimed that the Opry's general manager, Pete Fisher, stated that he did not want any gray hairs on the stage or in the audience. And before he was done, there won't be any. So the lawsuit was actually settled in October 3rd of 2008. Interesting. Uh, and the uh, settlement was for an undisclosed amount, y'all. So, hmm, hmm, very, very interesting. Um, and did y'all know also, you know, kind of interesting, Tanya Tucker and RuPaul, you know, RuPaul was like a drag celebrity. They released a duet uh, and the title was uh, This Is Our Country or This, I think it's This Is Our Country. And it sort of reminds me a little bit like of Old Town Road or something like that. I just didn't know that they had come out with, you know, a single. How interesting is that? And you know what? RuPaul actually doesn't have a bad voice. I will tell you. And there's um, the promo I saw. He had a cowboy hat and everything. So very interesting and just kind of a, a very unique uh, duet there, you know. So, hmm. And there's some like other things uh, happening, uh, you know, in kind of talking about, you know, diversity and that type of thing. In the New Ventures area, Rose Collective, a new record label looking to start selling artists of color to import country music. Yeah, they're branch banking new. It's a new initiative. Um, so, uh, you know, it seems like there's going to be a lot of opportunity there. And so, hey, 
you know, that's always good. And, you know, talking about opportunities. So I was, uh, you know, looking at the charts across the board and I, you know, I look at the number one songs and I go, hmm, what songs are climbing, you know? So I always go like with number six, you know, number six is usually like, you know, indicative of a song that, you know, might make it to number one. So this past week um, on the Texas chart, uh, I saw Crash Landing. Crash Landing is a song by Aaron Watson that's on his last album, American Soul. And that's at number six. And number six on the New Music Weekly charts, which we actually report to to the station, is I Remember When by uh, Dennis Ledbetter. And on the Billboard charts, number six is Chris Stapleton with You Should Leave. And then on the Americana charts, number six is Billy Strings' Renewal. And of course, that's his album, Renewal. So very interesting, y'all. And of course, Billy Strings also, as I had shared previously, made it to one of our year-end lists with the duet that he did with Luke Combs. According to Balin Menard, a country music broadcaster based in London, People are start, finally starting to realize that country music is about storytelling and emotion. The love of country music is bound to one geographic location. Though, the, popper, the typical popular states for country music include Virginia, Pennsylvania, Alabama, Alaska, Wisconsin, Ohio, West Virginia, Nebraska, Connecticut, I think. Yeah. Yeah. In New Hampshire and Idaho. Wow. And there are some surprises there. It's like, really? Really? Wow. But that's awesome. And yeah, you know, there, especially with our radio show, um, we have people from literally all over the world that listen, that tune in, that love traditional country. And we're so happy, you know, to always hear from, you know, all our fans and, you know, people that just love traditional country music because it's all about you know, keeping that alive, you know, absolutely. And, you know, um, I think there was a lot of uh, stress and, and stuff with, you know, this COVID thing. And so um, it's no surprise to me at all that the most popular search, you know, for the year 2021 was how to heal. And that's kind of heartbreaking at the same time, right? Don't you think, Anne-Marie? It's like, wow, you know, that was the most popular. Uh, but, you know, there's some good things. There's things to look forward to in this upcoming year. So we have some awesome albums that are going to happen. So on January 28th, Styles Howery has uh, an album coming out called One Life Ain't Enough. And, and then also Joe Nichols will be coming out with Good Day for Living. And he's also released a couple singles from that album. That's coming out February 18th. And then the Del McCurry band also coming out with Almost Proud, Grant's back a new album on April 22nd. And the Old Crow Medicine Show also coming out with a brand new album called Paint This Town. And we also have some upcoming shows. Country the Country concert in London in March is already sold out. Stagecoach still has tickets. Some of ours performing include Luke Combs, Midlands, The Black Crows, Carrie Underwood, and many more. Houston Rodeo with George Strait and Ash McBride on Sunday, March 20th. All right, and of course, there's 
still tickets to that. And then, again, you know, things to look forward to. Monarch. Monarch is the new country music-themed series that's set to premiere on January 30th. And it'll be on Fox. And it's going to star Trace Adkins and Susan Sarandon. So, you know, Susan Sarandon of Thelma and Louise fame. So this should be very interesting, you know. And um, it proves to be kind of a jaw dropper. From what I understand, a lot of interesting, uh, you know, plot twists. So, you know, I can't wait to, to see the premiere episode of that. Um, and I believe that, so it'll premiere January 30th, but after that, it'll uh, be on every Tuesday uh, starting February 1st of 2022. So we'll see how that goes, y'all. So that concludes our 2021 year-end wrap-up, y'all. Don't forget to visit StoneColdCountry.net and check out our latest blogs. Also check out our year-end list. So you should see the uh, top 21 albums of 2021 and the top 21 singles of 2021. Also our podcast, On the Brink podcast, and our new traditionalist podcast series, all under Stone Cold Country. Uh, those we alternate in terms of the uh, new podcast episodes for either, uh, which usually you can see uh, by the second week of each month. Also, don't forget to follow us on Facebook at Stone Cold Country CTRY and on Twitter at Stone Cold CTRY. Have, Have a, a happy, happy 2022. 2022. Here's, Here's looking, looking at you, kid. kid.